be gisted. I lay hands on you, cast that devil of gisting out of you. Glory to God. Some of us just get carried away. Sometimes you come to church, you've forgotten this church. No talking. And there was a time in church, I discovered technical people were just very busy. They were always so busy that they will never ever look on the stage or watch what is going. So, while there was a beautiful song going on, and the mics kept going off, I stiltily went to check them. I discovered while the service was going on, they were watching a movie. Brother Amanda, you can't believe this. It happened in this church. You can't believe it, I know. They were seeing a movie. And we were here talking in tongues. How gruesomely carnal human minds can be. You just cannot tell what certain Christian people can do. When I come and I speak from this place about technical men, some people get very, very angry, very, very angry. You ask them why they don't know why they're angry themselves. Be sure you are recording. Good. Thank you, sir. Look up, this, look up somebody again on the other side. Just be me. A green of a godly smile. From side to side, feel cool towards the person. Don't forget, I have done my best to turn Friday services into a more interactive sermon style. Such that you are good to interject and stop me or ask questions as I preach. I have done my best over the years to lower my speed so that people that I preach at will hear me. But I have not done my best to change doctrine to accommodate the lazy, uninterested, nonchalant Christian people. I have not done my best to make it winsome. Like Pastor Gide will say, Revo, Ejo, Every word we give our moral. I have not tried to play to the gallery or preach what you love to hear. It is not me, it's not my word. I have no stake in it except to deliver it as a custodian of grace. But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel. As we were allowed of God to be put in trust. Hey! First Thessalonians 2 and verse 4. In trust with the gospel. Even so we speak. Are you in church? Not as pleasing man. But God. Which tried our heart. For neither at any time used we flattering words. As you know. Like cloak of covetousness, God is witness. Nor of men sought with glory, neither of you, nor yet of others. When we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. 
1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 8. So being affectionately desirous of you, we're willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because you were there unto us. For ye remember, brethren, our labor and travail, for laboring night and day, because we would not be chargeable unto any of you, we preach unto you the gospel of God. Ye are witnesses, and God also, how holily and justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believe, as ye know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children, that ye will walk worthy of God, who hath called you unto his kingdom and his glory. First Thessalonians chapter number 2 verses 4 unto 12. Beautiful. My brother and my sister, it is the will of God that we learn to know God and to cease to walk like other Gentiles. Ephesians 1 verse 17, did I say and testify the Lord that ye henceforth walk no more as other Gentiles walk in the vanities of their minds. It is God's will that you change. You, you, you change your inclination, your orientation, your belief system, your mindset. Not by any effort outside the word, but by the power and the potency of God's word. What God expects in your life is not a better character on the platform of parental impute. It is not a better person on the platform of some tribal sentiment or nurturing. What God expects is a fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is not you, your makeup, your physical, psychological, emotional constitution. It's not a product of your personality. We're not telling you in this church to exalt or exhume or show or, or, or display your personality. We're talking about the fruit of Christ. The fruit of Christ. It is the fruit, the yield of the spirit of Christ in your character. I've explained it to you before. Now, the fruit of the spirit is it's a singular yield. The fruit of the spirit is make the stump of the tree better and the fruit will be better because of the change of christ within you through eternal life you are meant to yield the brethren had become married to god through christ's death and resurrection that you and i will bear fruit unto god fruit i have espoused you to one husband as a chaste the virgin Second Corinthians 11 and verse 2. It is God's will that we bear fruit. Fruit unto God. We bear fruit unto God. Are you sure that you came in the church to hear the word of God today? I trust the Lord. That we bear fruit unto God. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also have become dead to the law by the body of Christ. That ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that ye, we, should bring forth fruit unto God. Romans 7 and verse 4. Wherefore, my brethren, 
ye also have become dead to the law by the body of Christ that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. We should birth fruit unto God. We should produce. It's not about you, about me. Don't beat yourself in the head if you are not walking in the spirit. Don't see yourself as achievably much if you are walking in the spirit instead of giving thanks. It's a privilege, it's a pleasure, it's a rare privilege, it's a blessedness of the cross that we have the power to walk in the spirit of Christ. You are in the spirit and not in the flesh. If so be that the spirit of Christ dwelleth in you. If any man hath not the spirit of Christ, is none of his. Romans chapter number 8 and verse 9. You are in the spirit. I am in the spirit. Galatians 7 verse 25 says, If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Jesus and his ways and his thoughts should be uppermost and topmost and most vital. You should get accustomed to the things of the spirit of God in prayer and singing praises that God becomes paramount. You should be sold out completely to God. Life is not life well lived until God is first and last. I bring you this information once again in this church. I bring you this glorious, mind-blowing, true information. In that he died for one, then we are all dead. In that he died for one, Second Corinthians 5 from verse 14. The love of Christ constraineth us. Are you sure that you made it to service today? Because we thought just that if one died for all, then we are all dead. That he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. I'm looking into Christianity and I see the presentation, the kind of platform I see, what I see, the Bible teach is a life where Christ and things that have to do with Christ are paramount, are vital, are imperative, are first, are very colossal in your thinking. Passion for Jesus, addiction to his kingdom. Passion for Christ, addiction to his kingdom. Sold out, living your life for Christ. Christ must not occur to you once in a while. The things of God must not just flicker in like some ray of light in a dark tunnel once in a while. The things of God must be uppermost. It must be the topmost beat of your consideration. It must be prevalent and pervasive on your mind. Whether you like it or not, the most prevalent thing on your mind will influence you. You are a product you are a direct, explicit, implicit, clear product of thoughts on your mind. Thoughts on your mind. The sin is the fabrics of your mind. Thoughts that predominate your mind produce in your life. Can I boldly say this to you? Things you see, things you hear, things you are taught, things you learn, things you are associated with determine your prevalent or predominant 
of pre-pondering thoughts. Your thoughts precipitate your deeds. Your deeds mold your visible character. And your character determines the gift of your life. Forget about it. Call yourself any person destined for any greatness. If you are not thinking greatness, you will never be great on this earth. Your thoughts will drift you where you don't think you should never be. Some of us have our thoughts drift our lives to ruin years chatter of bad semblance after a while. Listen and listen good. They that live should not live henceforth unto themselves but unto Christ. Christianity can only be run by a fervent disposition. There are some very fundamental principles I, I have the privilege and I thank God for this is not this is not about me. It's not a pride. I have the privilege of handing you some very fundamental and key principles to a successful Christian life. You should have ears for such in this church. Very fundamental. Things that will stir, motivate, and keep you sustained in the mainstream of Christian progress. My brother and my sister have said this to you in this church. I have said, you cannot be a good Christian without being fervent. You can't be a good Christian, charlatan, loquacious, talkative, playful, seeing movies, eating from place to place, and frolicking and rollicking with friends. You can't be a good Christian consumed by so much work and your passion for your profession and your endeavors and your academics and your business. You can't. You can't be a good Christian holding on to your lifestyle, your whole lifestyle. You have this nostalgia, this, this homesickness towards you. You say, it's, it's my me. It's just, it's just me. You, you grow inwards. You implode. It's just me. You, you should understand me. I, I'm trying to be me. I, I, can't, I can't pretend. I'm not like Revo. I, me, oh, I'm, I'm myself. Oh, me, oh, I'm shower. Me, oh, pretend, oh. And because you are willing to live the Christ life, which you call pretense, you grow inwards and grow badly and grow wrongly. Not slothful in business, but fervent in spirit. It says, Abhor that which is evil, cleave unto that which is good, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, preferring one another. Not one, not one another. Romans 12, 10, 11. Romans 12, 9, 10, 11. Not slothful in business, but fervent in spirit. Fervent in spirit. The least should be the best you can offer. Should be the best you can offer. I mean, this church used some descriptive metaphors as used in the Bible to teach Christianity. For example, Christianity is described as a race. And I said it's not a race towards heaven. Because we are members of heaven right now. It's a race against time. It's a race against the flesh. It's a race against the world. The moment you don't have this consciousness of running, you are backsliding. 
You will not pray like you prayed yesterday if you don't have a desperation towards prayer. You can't read your Bible better than you have done in the last one week until you pursue Bible reading this week with a vigor and an alertness and a seriousness and a commitment and a hard-working attitude that says, I must be better. If you are not running, you can't make it. This is why many of us are seasoned and light-handed and lethargic and spiritually comatose. We're just on the same spot. Just come to church and just hear me shout and squint and scream and, and top of my lungs, do everything and then you go back the same way. You are not attenuated and inclined towards running. You must run. Like somebody's chasing you. Something is at stake. This, this, this Christianity where you just strolling at will and just sit down like somebody who is about to sleep in a land jacuzzi cannot help at all. You must have the mind. Yes. Oh. The bulldog tenacity. Holding on a piece of bone as if it's the only one left on the place of on, on planet Earth. The bulldog tenacity, strong big bulldog holding to a piece of bone as if we're the only one left on this earth. That tenacity, that tenacity must be there. If it's not there, forget. Forget you just be like this for many years. After a while, you have children, you get married, you're struggling to take your kids to school as though it's the business. Some people do business of taking kids to school. That's an endeavor. Trying to go abroad as though it's life. After you go abroad, you come back. 60 old age ailments begin to set in. 70, 80, whoom, you are gone forever. Ladies and gentlemen, the things of God will be topmost in your mind. Service to Jesus and commitment to the kingdom of God. Paul said, It is no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. The things of God so vital to me that <coughs> some of you say some of you say but but sir i'm not in full-time ministry oh i'm not a pastor don't you understand i i i, I for god's sake for crying out loud i'm a professional oh i'm not a pastor like this i've been a pastor the commitment i just expressed in the last 15 minutes it's not commitment because you're a pastor it is commitment because you are a new creature the devil is a liar he's told us a lie that it's only when you become a pastor you become a good christian bad wrong erroneous out of place delete it delete it out of your thinking and your consciousness ladies and gentlemen fervency is an ideology here Passionate drift towards the things of God, commitment, wholehearted, totalitarianistic commitment, self-involving. Hey, oh, meditate on these things. Oh God. First Timothy 1 verse 15 says, be diligent and careful. This is the word meditate. It doesn't just mean to muse over like it was under the Old Testament. It means to be cautious and to be wary, to mark your life with keen caution. Be diligent in this matters. He said, give yourself wholly unto them. Did you hear me? The moment God is not first, then he's nothing in your life. It's either God is first and last 
or God is tertiary or quaternary and then he's not anything in your life. He's first in your life and not mean it or not being a practice of it or not living by its principles. <laughs> but one way to know if God is first in your life is this. The most prevalent thing on your mind is first in your life. Whatsoever it is. If it's, if it's poverty, if it's hunger, if it's your health, if it's getting a baby or getting a husband or getting a car or getting land for church, if buying land for mercy assembly is the most prevalent on your mind, it is your God. Anxieties over what to eat. Anxieties over your health. Your health is dwindling and pining and your bill of health is very bad. And therefore, you are just concerned about your life. And you are, you are, just, you are just thoughtful over, over your, your grade. You see, Paul said, Galatians 1 verse 20, For it is no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. The life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness cometh by the law, then Christ died in vain. It is no longer I that liveth. Looking unto Jesus. Hebrews 12, 2, the author and the finisher of our faith the beginning and the ending there's no space for any other person Martin Luther King Jr. will say I commit one hour to prayers every day I commit one hour to prayers every day <laughs> I commit one hour to prayers every day when it is that must thrive, must arise at five, lay till seven. The things of God must be uppermost. The love of Christ constraineth us, for we thus judge that if one died for all, then we are all dead. And that he died for them that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. You have no right to live unto yourself. Second Corinthians 5 15. <laughs> Hallelujah! I'm looking at Ephesians 5. Many of us, many of us love Ephesians 5. Because Ephesians 5 describes a very serious bond between man and woman, described as marriage. <laughs> but there is something you see at verse 32. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. <laughs> Would you love to hear this? It's a great mystery. It's a great mystery. First Corinthians 7 and verse 29. <laughs> there are some sermons you don't love to hear at church. When I say unto you, you are saved forever. You say, yes, I can do anything. 
When I see unto you, he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings, heavenly blessings. You say, yes! When I say unto you, you can no longer live unto yourselves. You are set thinking. <laughs> are we going back to deeper life doctrine? <laughs> no, it's Bible doctrine now. Maybe deeper Bible life doctrine. First Corinthians 7 verse 29, but this I say, brethren, the time is short. The time is short. The time is what? Short. The time is short. I have thought this on three grounds before. When folks say, the time is short, the time is short. Christ is coming soon. He's coming soon. It always falls out as some unnecessary anticipation of uncertainties. It always sounds like a joke after all. Time is short since 70s. Time is short since the days of SU 60s. And time is still short. Oh. Time is short 40 years ago. What is time is short? Time is short. Time is short. Till delight becomes. 199 years old. Time is still short. Oh, what are you talking? What are you talking? When is Christ coming? Forget about that one, John. When is he going to come? We've been saying he's going to come all these years. But listen to, listen to this carefully. The time is short because, number one, the matter is grave. It's a serious issue. It's not a joke. It's about life and death. If you miss it here, you miss it forever. If there is forever. Don't forget that. Bible doctrine is hinged on the reality of eternity in God. It is not hinged on impossibilities of eternity. It's, it's on the basis of there is an eternity to gain in Christ and it So it's not, it's not a joke. It's not a balance within the confines of human philosophies. Bible doctrine is hinged on the reality of eternity in God. It's either you miss it or you make it. The matter is grave. It's a serious issue. If you miss it, you miss it for life and eternity. If you get it, you get it for life and eternity. So it's a serious issue. You don't toy with it. If something is going to affect your destiny forever, you dare not toy with it. Just like I could tell you now. If something will affect your future now, you have been very, you have to be, I mean, you, you better be careful about it. So it's grave. Number two. Nobody knows when. I've seen people younger than you die. I've seen people older than you die. I could say, time is short, time is short. Someone says, what do you mean time is short? And the person dies the next minute. Time is short. Did you hear me? 
I'm giving you the logic of time is short within the palace of human understanding. I could say time is short, time is short, and tomorrow I'm dead. Ah, you say, ah, time was short for the reverend. Hey, he was preaching, time is short, and he died. Mm -hmm. Time is short. He preached, time is short, and he died in one hour. Lobato. So if you say time is not short, and you have two hours to live on this earth, my brother, your time is very short. Nobody knows when. Except by revelation. I added a clause to it. If the Lord reveals to you, why not? If you die in two months from now, time is short. If you died three years from now, time is short. Whatever time death comes from now is short. Number three. Time is short because <laughs> it was yesterday we call today tomorrow. What you are not doing now, you may never do. Multiply 70 years by 365 days. You have about 20, 25,000 days. You are gone. Imagine 70 years on this earth. Many of you are aging already. Check your age. Just check your age. Once you were 10, and then you were 15, and you were 16. You came undergraduates. Some of you are now 30, 35, 40, and 50. Very soon you'll be 60 and 70 and you're gone. Or 80. By 100 you are blind. By 80 your knees are wobbly. You can't chew again. They're giving you carbohydrate and glucose through the syringe. Life becomes meaningless. And maladious. Time is short. Jesus first, Jesus last. Begin to weave your life around Christianity. Begin to weave. Weave your life around Christianity so you can live in the practice of divine consciousness. This is the only way you can please the Lord. Weave your life around the things of God. Prayer and Bible study. Make it first. You know you cultivate it. Can I boldly say to you, you cultivate attitudes. You cultivate predominant thoughts. There is nothing like football is in your blood. Everything is in your blood. It's to whom you decide, to whom you decide to master you you are mastered by choice. You started out. You began to like football. And now you are a football fanatic. Movies. Movies. I spoke to somebody on phone some time ago. I said, what are you doing? I said, I know you are watching the movie. He said, eh, how do you do that? I said, I know by the spirit of God. He said, sir, the truth of the matter is this. I have watched the movie 100 times. 100 times. Two hours movies. 
100 times and I'm watching it again. It's an addiction. You are addicted to whatsoever you are addicted to right now, good or bad, by habitual practice. Don't pray to be prayerful. Just start to pray. Don't say, pray for me, so I'll not read my Bible. Just start today. Don't say, pray for me, so I can watch my weights by jogging around the house. Start today. Pray for me, so I'll be better in class. Start reading better. That's all. Pray for me, I'm too lazy. Come out of laziness is a choice. It's, a, it's just a choice. Incline your mind and weave your life towards the things of God. You soon discover a spiritual automatism. You just discover that it's becoming easier and easier. There are no demons that hinder people from Bible reading just interests. When you come to this church and you feel sleepy, interests. When you come to church and you are angry, interest. Or rather, disinterest, which shows no interest. But when you watch a movie, you are interested. It's interest. Appetite. Culture. Customary rules and norms. What you are interested in doing. If you hate a particular subject in school and you are just dull in it, pick interest, begin to work on it before you know it, become an excellent student. It works like magic. Commitment brings automatism. I've preached at you very importantly last two, three meetings. You have no business cursing your enemies. In fact, you have no business thinking about your enemies. A consciousness of an enemy cannot operate simultaneously with divine consciousness. It doesn't work. There's a, there's a contrast in the Bible I want to share with you. Take no thought. Take no thought. Take no thought. For such things are the things that the heathen think after. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Matthew 6. This is clearly expressed at, at Philippians 4. And verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice. Let your forbearance or your gentleness or self-control be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God that passeth all understanding shall guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus the Lord. Whatsoever things are lovely and just and good of any honest, if there be any praise, if there be any, think on these things. 
Those things you have heard and seen me do and the God of peace shall be with you. What am I saying to you, brother? You cannot be conscious of an enemy or a demon or a witcher, a wizard or a witch and be conscious of God at the same time. A fear of Satan is a direct revelation. You have no consciousness of God. Can I boldly say to you, the body of Christ is in a morbid, hypnotizing, hex-laying, spell-binding spell fear of Satan, which is directly proportional to a lack of faith in God's presence in her. This is why we talk about Satan than we talk about God. Do you know Fall and die. Fall by fire. Die by fire. Is a revelation there is no faith. <laughs> That's what you call prayer. Prayer on the whims and the caprices of unbelief is no prayer. Sometimes what I would recommend for you to do is to read your Bible some more than pray. I've said it before in this church, which comes first, praying or Bible reading. I've said, well, you pray, you read your Bible. It works hand in hand. But rock bottom, ironclad concept, the most important commitment you ought to have as a Christian is Bible reading. There you assure yourself, through this you assure yourself whom God is to you. And what you have in him. First and foremost, you understand the agreement, the contractual term. You understand relationship. On the frontiers of relationship, I have learned a lot from the word. You must, you must understand the principles, the bedrock of relationship beyond certain things you think are important to you. Once you get it, you got it. You can manipulate almost anybody on this earth when you understand relationship. Many of us are too quick to pray. Not because we know or know God, love or know God, know God or love him, but because we are afraid. At Mark's Gospel chapter 4, Mark 4 from verses 35 to 41, as he had gone to the other side and he had sent the multitude away, a storm arose. He was in the hinder part of the ship sleeping on a pillow and they awake him and they said, Master! Master! Careth down, not that we perish. They were, they were eager. They were, they were anxious. They were afraid. They were despondent. They were exasperated. They were frustrated. Master! 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 Hey! Jesus, hey, 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 what a day, hey, to me, hey, 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 Oh, glory to God. 
afraid. God, Heavenly Father, oh Lord, I've been talking to you about this issue. I'm here again. Father, oh God, if I were God, I would have helped you if I were me. Lord, if, 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 at least I'm better than delight. Oh, I'm better. I know. I may not be good, though, but at least I'm better. I may not be good, I'm better. To be worried. To fret, to fast, to steal, to sweat, to trouble, or to bother. To be bothered. To stew up in a frenzy because of apprehension. To be excited and expectant with alarm. To be in reverence. To be frightened. To be in awe. Jesus is unbelief. Don't be afraid with amazement. Don't be afraid with amazement. Don't be afraid with amazement. Fear not. Once you are afraid, you lost it. <laughs> that person, there is a liar. Women, women are the worst. Women are. Women need, women need prayers. Or they need to get born again. Women are. Hey, there is a liar. mothers. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. He de- hey, mommy, you uh, don't choose on no sketch. It is choose on ah. Hey, he sketchy call. I may go to Chuloni. The devil is a ah. Epa da opata down. Epa da opata opata. You will still, you will see God make coming. Ah, hey, the devil is a liar. You, 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 you run after your mother with harappa. After a while, you tie with a rope because the devil is a liar. How can the devil be a liar and somebody is walking nude? Walking nude and the devil is a liar. Who is a liar here? Ah, the devil is a liar. Enjoy his chi and bread with his damn self. You are here walking nude in public and the devil is still a liar. Your blood pressure has gone to a million. Your pulse is now 200,000. That cannot be faith. And this is what women want to call faith. So they, they, they predicate prayers on such discombobulation of the mind. Such perplexity. Such sorrowful disarray and discountenance. They want to, they want to hinge prayers on emotions. It doesn't work like that. Faith! Faith! When Jesus had rebuked the storm. I'm convinced in my mind Christ was not sleeping fully. I'm convinced he was about to test them. And just in case he was sleeping, the story still teaches what we need to learn about it. When Jesus woke from his sleep, he arose and said to the storm, storm be still. Peace be still rather. And he said to them, how is it that you have no face? I learned from this part of the Bible that faith does not pathop. It's never in tumult or disarray. Faith is not destabilized or derailed or dejected. 
says, trust. Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee because he trusted in thee. Faith bets rest. It is not a joke and it doesn't come cheap. Confidence in God is not a joke. It doesn't come cheap. It comes by trusting God through his word. If you rely on your emotions or your experiences, if you rely on the scene, if you rely on the visible, you will miss it. Hey! You must not rely on the scene. You must not observe the wind. He that observeth the wind shall not sow. He that tries to trust the Lord based on the wind or the movement of ease or the conditions of the atmosphere will not have faith in God. While we look, while we look, not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, while we consider the unseen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things not seen are eternal. Second Corinthians 1 verse 18. Are you in church? At Mark 4, say you have no faith. You can't possibly have faith in whom God is to you and be afraid of Satan. You know what, what is so funny to me? <clears throat> I find this very, very um, scary. I find this very scary. <clears throat> Over the years, <clears throat> as a pastor, who has publicly stood my ground, on what the Bible teaches, I have a lot of enemies or opponents, even in in Jeanette, for example. And they will say, Revo has said this, Revo has done this, Revo is this, Revo is that. They know the stories more than we know here. Sometimes somebody comes from Lagos and tells me a story. I say, ah, Were you there? They know stories that happen in this church than I who was. I said, ah, this one you're talking about, I wasn't there. They said, no, it happened to you. I said, no, 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 it didn't happen to me. Uzo called me and said, ID, somebody called ID and said, I was just preaching on this stage recently and I collapsed and I was carried to the hospital. I said, Uzo, were you, in, were you there? I said, no, sir. It was ID who told me. Somebody called somebody who told ID. I said, were they there? I have not collapsed yet. I may collapse tomorrow, but now I'm still on my feet. They tell me stories. And, were you there? So there are many opponents and many opposers. But there's a scary dimension to it. Listen and listen good. When I stand on this scene and I preach, the power we have over witches and wizards, over occult powers, People get apprehensive for me. They are afraid for me. Say, ah, Revu, let's not talk about the devil like that too. Hey, 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 they will smoke your beard. They are not just unbelieving and faithless and perverted. They are advocates of satanic powers to the point that they are afraid for me. And I'm wondering, 
maybe the apostles had some as passion or some squinted despiteful disdain cast upon Christ when he said at Lieutenant verse 19 behold I give you power to tread on serpent and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall buy in enemies hurt you maybe they looked at him and said you, 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 you. hope nobody had hope hope nobody had okay I don't I don't talk about the devil. <laughs> be conscious of God. So you'll be less conscious of Satan. Number two, very important thing I've said. Faith in human blessings versus what the Bible teaches. I find a very rhetorical contradiction here. It's, it's a vicious circle of confusion. And I will tell you. The, the basis of any pastor being able to bless us is the Bible. Yet our pastors go against the Bible without faith in it that teaches you have been blessed in God and insists on blessing us through God again to make a fair show in the flesh and reap our carnal things because of unbelief. Two things. Number one, I said to you, fragrant disregard for what God has done. Number two, without contradiction, Hebrews 7 and verse 7, the less is blessed of the better and better than you shall must bless you. We can't even see, we can't, we can't just imagine Ephesians 4 and verse 6 that the same God in you all, over all, through all. The same God over all is good to all he has made. There's no difference. Romans 10 and verse 12. Let's look at Ephesians 6 so I can close. If you have a question, you can raise your hand. I want to address questions on this issue of the enemies. And also, the fact that you have been blessed and you don't need to be blessed by any man. Make sure the mic is set for anybody that has a question. And make sure the question is centered around what I have preached today. I could answer any other question. At the very worst, I'll tell you, I'm not sure. I don't know. Come back next Sunday. Or I explain to you at the very best. So I never get scared of questions in this church. Never, never, never. I never get scared. I may not know. I don't know. I don't know. And that's not out of place. I don't know. I don't know. I know there are no verses I don't know. There are no Bible verses I do not know. There are no Bible verses that alarm me or surprise me. But all the same, I may tell you, I don't know. If I don't know. And I'm not ashamed. It's not, I'm not the Bible. I'm not, I'm not a Bible encyclopedia. I'm not. Ephesians 4 and verse 4. There is one body and one spirit. 
even as you are calling one hope of your calling one lord one faith one baptism one god and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all one god in us all so under what platform do i want to bless you with what god in you could not give you he gave me does it make sense it doesn't you say but the man prays better than i am that doesn't change what god whom god is and what god has done in our lives no human being can make you a better human being as a human being we can improve qualities or traits in our work but that doesn't change the primary element or substance of the homo sapiens in every person that is called a human being lacking this to the nature of god the same god over all in you all and through all so what is the sense in i the man of god i bless you that's rubbish. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. It's not about being afraid, it's about faith. By the time his storm is down, you're over and above. A sotele. Latio nilo. Ewa diolowo. When we talk about money in the body of Christ, I'm very amazed. How many Christians are rich? The way Geo of Redeem makes billionaires every month. You will think Redeem is the richest church on earth and it's not. The Catholic Church and the Church of the Mammons are sharing the their rivalry who is richest in liquid cash. They are not as only Christian church. The richest Christians are far from richest businessmen. Yet, I will make money in Jesus' name. Daddy said he's raising 10 billionaires. At the end of the day, Hebrew stole money. I came, but they were pastors in redeemed. They stole money. Is that how God was making billionaires in redeemed? Cecilia Hebrew, Akim Bola are paying back to the coffers of banks, monies they've stolen from people like you and I who saved in the Shonic Bank, Intercontinental Bank. And these are people the geo was making billionaires. Oh, oh, I understand how to make people billionaires. You make them billionaires to steal government money. That's the problem. Daddy said somebody will become a billionaire. The person is a thief, stealing money from government coffers. 
And that's the billionaire we're talking about. Rubbish to lies. At the end of the day, people who want to work hard are stealing. Diverting funds fraudulently. Many Christians are very fraudulent in their workplaces because they have the notion money, money, money. They don't have the notion of hard work. He that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. I tell you the truth. If you see anybody who wants to hammer, who wants to hammer, you are seeing a potential kidnapper, a potential murderer, a potential ritualist, a potential criminal. He that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent and had forgotten that poverty shall come upon him. If you are now where to believe God, who will believe what the Bible teaches us about how blessed we are, we won't seek to use the same God to advance our carnal culture of ego. God, God, back me. I want to bless them now so they can give me money. This is predominant in the church. The church is sinking deeper and deeper in unbelief and contradictions of the grace of God because we want to be blessed. Just, just see how it plays out. Once Paul and Nature of Dunamis Abuja steps off his platform, his core leaders begin to stand. He wants to bless them. Once Geo of Redeemed keeps quiet, thank you, Daddy. They begin to scream. Then he says, Ah, before I give you this one, let me I want to say amen to it myself. Amen. Thank you, Daddy. Daddy said, There's somebody here. When you take your money to a bank, the bank will close down. This kind of money, and the money stolen by Akin Bola and Hebrew. That's, that's very unfathomable. What do you need such monies for, Oliver? You're just laughing. Money you take to a bank, the bank will close. For what? We are so covetous and greedy. We are so greedy. Why must a bank close down for your money? Why? Is it not financial illiteracy? What will you do with the money? A bank must close down because you have brought how much? There are billionaires on this earth and banks don't close down for them. But billionaires to be raised in redeemed church, banks must close. No wonder they are thieves of banks. Cecilia and Akimbola. This is I'm telling you what is factual. I don't think I'm blaspheming or maligning their character. They are they are proven thieves of banks, and yet they are pastors. That's how God makes billionaires over the over every month. Billionaires who have to steal. The moment you have to steal or do a corrupt to make money, that's no longer God. You are using your human wisdom and evil practice. Have a question? Give him a microphone quickly. Yes, I said it, and I'm not changing my mind. I still want to take questions. I thought maybe, uh, maybe uh, running away from getting, it. Yes. No, no, yeah, I'm not yeah. running away. I'm still here. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. You have spoken well, and. <laughs> You have actually spoken well, and 
Is it a commendation? <laughs> or? No, 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 no. Actually, bring some points out of uh, what I'm trying to say. Because most of your words that you are saying, right, that you have been said, is actually speaking to me. As in, it's just like you are just speaking to me. And it's like, so okay. my question is like... You are one of those that want to make money at all costs. Uh, no, what, what, no, it's not about money. What you have said previously in this message, I, I actually gained a lot from it. Because most of your words are just eating me by the reality of your, as in, from your word that you are talking about, through the word. So my, my question is that, you talk about the, as in, as in when you are preaching, because you said we should ask our question based on what you have been preaching now. Um, my question is that, I've seen so many Christians, when you mentioned an MFM, things like that, I'll be praying against the enemy, enemy must die, enemy of my family enemy of my progress in my school in my church in the society or no no uh, visible invisible die die by fire so you said it's, it's not it's meaningless yes it's meaningless exactly i felt that it's meaningless and you give a reason why it's meaningless which i've actually learned a lot from it and which is according to the word because i think you actually quote some words about it uh, you should just stand by uh, be integrated on your word and be conscious of uh, christ and be conscious of an uh, enemy because if you are just because if, if if i'm seeing this my my brother delight as my enemy like that somebody might see me as my enemy and be praying for me that this man must die this man and, that, and which he cannot work i don't uh, know if i must die and this one and which god's plan is not according to his wish and he's wishing me death and things like that. It may not work like that. Sir, my question is that at MFM, they always pray some prayer which I I like the in, in, I, as in, I like the aspect about it. And I, I want to ask if it's actually uh, good uh, or not. As in, every idol in my father's family every wishes of my stepmother every unconscious enemy every no the, I, 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 that one is out of I, I, yes it's still part of it that every unconscious enemy every conscious enemy they must as in if they must be break as in as in they must reckless i'm just trying to bring uh, an adverb to just clarify what i'm trying to say i know you understand me sir so as in so, sir i think I always because when you are as when they are analyzing the the point of the prayer, ah, you always baffle me. I say, ah, because most of our discussion with my pa, he actually say yes, prayers are just rubbish prayers. They don't have any biblical basis for such things. If you ever read your Bible or you believe in redemption, many things pray that most of these churches are out of way with the word of God. Stay with the word. It's instead of bringing out the points, the point, the what point points? That, that, that. And there's so much animosity, there's so much paranoia, there's so much suspicion. Known enemy, unknown enemy, invisible, invisible, die by fire. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Cobweb is an enemy. It's horrible. It's horrible. Somebody comes to my office and sees cobweb. It means you are dirty. No problem about that. If you say I'm dirty, I agree with you because cobweb is there for one year. No staff to clean it. I'm just doing my own thing. Say, 
A demon is affecting you. I'm making the money in my pocket. I mean, it makes no sense. Cobwebs, it's a cobweb. Cobweb. Cobwebs are normally scientific. It's not demonic. Scientific. You could actually encounter cobwebs walking in the street because of flying spiders. You must read Zoology 201, 202, 101, 102. Zly 101. When you get that, you know cobwebs don't have demons in them. That web is so strong. I hear that a strand of the cobweb is 180 times stronger than steel or metal of the same size. You did read, you read geology, okay? Don't read a little biology, demons will flee from your mind. <laughs> Sir, okay, we should not, instead of, uh, instead instead of analyzing, of uh, pray thanksgiving. Father, I thank you because my enemies will get saved. If there are idols in your home or your family house, don't bother about it. Go and preach the gospel. Don't talk to them about idols. Don't mention idols. Preach Christ. Just like you say, eh, she needs deliverance. She ne Let her give her life to Christ in surrender and believe in the gospel. People don't need deliverance from demons. Like they need deliverance from man. They need to be born of the spirit of Christ. Say, hey, I want to pray for my sister. My sister is afraid. Preach at her. No. You don't understand. My auntie is some... Preach Jesus. No, you don't get. I mean that preach Christ. Christ is the solution. Don't pray for them. Preach at them the word of God. Go and meet them and preach. Travel back and go and, meet and say, this is what the Bible says about you. Understand who Christ is. Believe in the gospel. He said, yep. I determined to know nothing amongst you save Christ and him crucified. I was with you in fear and much trembling declaring to you the testimony of God that your faith will not stand in the wisdom of God and the power of God. I did not come to you with excellency or speech. So, Christ and him crucified. Yes, sir. Yeah, thank you very much, sir. Sir, in my, as in another uh, question, based on what you are talking, sir, is that, uh, which I want to ask is that, as a Christian, no matter how you find yourself and what you just experience in, 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 in life, because, Revo, merely speaking, since when I've entered university in 2005 till 2010, I have accidents. The way I was living my life is actually different from the way after the after I have my accident since that 2010 dates. What are the experiences and like so Revo, is sometimes if I just think because I don't think much, I don't really brainstorm on animosity much and things like that. I may just thought about it and just see this foolish uh, person. You heard of the gender. I just go like, ah, what the you who will you? I, I, sorry, sir. I'll just say, I'll just abuse in my mind. I'll just laugh. I'll just look at. So, you are sorry that nobody is actually coming to me and things like that. Zebu, what are, yes, in my question is that what I'm the experiencing, what I experienced since I have my accident up to date has humbled I, you. 
or what? It has, it has, it has changed your view. Yes, as it makes me realize about life. Good. Instead so of, what, yes, listen, sir. what happens is this. Experiences themselves teach us many things about life. And God may not, allow you to be. That's my question, sir. No, no, no. As in, not just for you to learn. not. Is it Bible? Is, is it God doctrine. willing? Listen, listen, okay, listen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You have get him, sir. For example, after your accident, you became more cautious. But do you know? Do you know that his cautiousness still has a limit? After Oliver's accident and recovery, he still started drinking his his sepe, his Chelsea. Why didn't, that, why, yeah. eh, why didn't that change you? He was drunk, had an accident. He, he, he feels that the trauma has subdued his tenacity for more alcohol. Yet he continued. Experiences can be short-lived. They can only teach you some things, not fully. In spite of the fear of AIDS, people are still very promiscuous. People are still very, very Casanova. They are randy. What's that? Forget about AIDS. Let's die together. Here comes a girl that had AIDS who was asking for funds. And those who were trying to sleep with her were those who knew about AIDS. Because in itself, the AIDS scourge or the story of the AIDS problem is not as strong as the passion or the drive for sex in a man that wants to have sex or a woman that wants to have sex. Do you understand? So, experiences in life sometimes can tailor guide some things but not the bible let's not mix it things you go through or don't go through do not change bible doctrine instead of believing the witness of men by the things we see let's believe the word let's not take our experiences ahead of us as teachers for life and let's not say god allowed me experience it to teach me this let no man say when he's tempted I am tempted of the Lord. For God tempted no man. Neither is he himself tempted of evil. Don't attribute to God evil things. Simple. Thanks, sir. Alright. Another question? I'm going to close. Thank you very much. Let's stand upright to our feet and just close church today. Praise his name upon your mouth and thank the Lord. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith.